I love movies. I just love movies. And there's some movies I love more than others. And I get a thrill for different reasons. Black Panther and Avengers Endgame. Those last two movies I saw that were completely like took me back to being a kid and being back to being connected to a room full of strangers. Hi, I'm Stephanie Coggins, and you're entering a world gone good. Hi, I'm not Stephanie Coggins. I'm Dave Humphreys, and you're entering a world gone good. I am John H.H. Ford, and you're entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name's Steve, and this is World Gone Good, the podcast where we look for the light and sometimes shine the light into the darkness to discover, you know what? There's still some good happening on this here floating rock we are all stuck on together. You can help us spread the good all around by not just listening, you can also subscribe on whatever platform you listen in on, rate and review us there too, and or please, yes, share us with your friends however and wherever you like to share things with your friends. We appreciate your support, and as always, we say thank you. Okay, here comes one of my favorite questions to ask. Ready? What? is your go-to must-see fave movie of all time. Who cares? No one really cares. Seriously, no one cares. We all agree on a good movie. That's so boring. Come on, let's try this again. The question that's not boring is this question. It's my other favorite question to ask. Forget the first question. Here's the real question. What is your go-to must-see crappy movie and or Guilty pleasure movie of all time. Now, see, now things just got good and interesting, am I right? I mean, seriously, there's someone listening right now who may or may not be able to say it out loud because of their own, you know, personal shame of admitting it, but they love Jaws 3D. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yes, of course, there's obviously something very wrong with that. We can all agree what is wrong with you. You do not love that movie. You love Jaws or Jaws 2. You do not love Jaws 3D. So uh, more than a few years back, I was asked by my friends to be a guest on their podcast, Cinema Craptaculous, where they review movies that are right on the line of so bad it's good. And no, no, it's beyond the line. It's just bad people. I had such a good time with them that I basically invited myself back repeatedly, like pretty much monthly. I was like Heather Locklear on Melrose Place. Remember, she was a full-time contract character, but she always kept that special guest star status. Yeah, like when you think Heather Locklear and me, basically same. Today, I've invited my friends from Cinema Craptaculous, Stephanie Coggins, John Ford, and Dave Humphreys to join me here on World Gone Good to talk the good of a potentially not-so-good movie. Well, it has finally happened. I don't know how it is so, but here we are all together again, but this time on my terms. That doesn't sound good. (laughs) (laughs) Usually what happens on this show is we start wide, so I'm going to start super wide and we'll get into more nitty gritty. Stephanie, I'm going to start with you. What is good about a craptaculous movie? <laughs> <laughs> what isn't good about a craptaculous movie? I think uh, what's good about a craptaculous movie is that it's badness or roughness, rough around the edges stuff uh, 
it makes you happy. When you watch it, you feel good about yourself. You feel good about the world. You feel good about the people who poured their heart and soul into something that just wasn't good. And <laughs> it makes you feel like if they could do it, I can do it. <laughs> John, do you have anything to add? Well, you know, crappy is in the eye of the beholder or in the case of some people, the spouse or significant other who's forced to watch with them, their eyes. Um, I think that, you know, you approach a crappy movie in, in two ways, either intoxicated or sober. No, you, you, <laughs> you approach a movie that's bad in two ways. You hope it will be really good and that's kind of going to be the pleasant surprise or you hope it's so bad that you're going to enjoy making fun of it. And that's sort of its own little guilty pleasure. Dave. Yes. End the show by... T- no, I'm kidding. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to add? Dave, take us home. What's good about a craptaculous movie? There's a lot of things that are good about a craptaculous movie. I think one of the great things about craptaculous movies, and these are usually like B-movies, um, movies that you would see on a Sunday afternoon on UHF or or randomly find streaming. Um, <laughs> that they're really a chance to experiment with the format of movies because no one's expecting anything good. So if you do something that's a little out of the box or surprising or fun, it, it seems even better. Now, where did this all start, guys and lady? We worked together. We worked together. We didn't enjoy it, but we didn't worked enjoy together. it. Yeah. <laughs> thrust together into the workplace exactly. at least you got paid <laughs> <laughs> this is i know you work for free which is which is good steve that's good yeah i'm an idiot <laughs> um <laughs> but we i you know steph and i would always talk movies or something and i had seen that movie where uh god i can't remember Iron the name of it sky. Iron sky that's yes. it i was like nazis on the moon <laughs> That's what it was. That was what it was. What it was. Only moments ago, New York has come under attack. Witnesses claim to have seen hundreds of UFOs. It's opening fire. Oh my gosh. Where are we from? The dark side of the moon. And we came in peace. Who are these guys anyway? Nazis from the moon. And we started talking about it, and we we just had a fun discussion. And and I was like, this should be a podcast. And she's like, sure. And so <laughs> we got – we were like, who else talks a lot? And we turned to John. <laughs> oh, wow. They needed me to fill out podcast minutes. We did. We did. <laughs> With the two of us, it was just like, hey, did you like Iron Sky? Yeah, that yes. was cool. <laughs> awesome. The end. And those were quick podcasts. So then, okay. um, <laughs> when was it? When, when, or in all seriousness, when was when did this happen? This happened this, uh, what year? during Obama's second administration. I, I think it was like 2012. Mm, I think it was 2014. And did you did you guys just go for it as a one off? Like, let's just try it. Or you're like, how did it? Like, what happened? Wait, maybe it was 2012. <laughs> I don't it was it was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> Steve, if you're looking for things to edit out, this whole section. I say that every time, though. If you ever listen to my show, I always go, I'm going to probably edit this part out. And and it's never, never ever gone. That's the best time not to edit. 
did you three join up immediately or did you, Stephanie and Dave, did you guys do the first one together? I thought you just two did it together. No, we, we did it. We recruited John. Yeah. John, you came with us for the very first one, which I don't know what happened to that file. I have that, it. You still have I, it. it. We recorded it on my Mac in the center of the table. And it's just the Mac microphone. And I swear to God, it sounds like 1942... <laughs> <laughs> well, we watched player. this. We watched this movie together. You see, and it was really <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I it was, it was Dave actually it was asked me if he said, "I'd like you to join up." But how is your transatlantic accent? And I said, "Well, Dave, uh, you tell me." And we're off to the races on this newfangled technology called podcasting. A vodio do. I think that uh, I think that it wasn't. We didn't even understand what I didn't understand what podcasting was. I mean, I knew what a podcast was, but the the act of doing it, it was, you know, I was like, okay, Dave, have fun. I'm out of here. I just showing up to the mic and we, and, but he said, no, no, you have to watch this movie first. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> and, and so, and it, and the caveat was it had to be something that we weren't paying for. So I believe it was, was it a Netflix? I think it, it was. I think it was a Netflix or Amazon movie. And it was uh, Dave Foley in this monsters wrestling movie. And I forget, I forget the title yeah. of it, of course. It was like but, the mummy versus the wolf man versus like the, the undersea. Yeah. Basically any intellectual property that they didn't have to pay for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, and, they made it like their own generic version of it. Including Dave Foley. <laughs> and including Dave Foley as the wrestling announcer. Good evening, monster fans in Canada, Newfoundland, and the United States of America. Monster Brawl. It is awful. Wait, the podcast <laughs> or the movie or both? The well, the Porcano the sound Ghost. quality on the podcast is pretty horrific. Oh, because okay, okay. it was we had no mics. We we just really just set up a thing. We didn't have an introduction. Yeah, we had no mics and no clue. That was what was going on. We didn't have that that fancy studio environment that Steve Silverman offers his guests. True. It's Santa Barbara. I mean, you can't compete. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Not my fault you're trash living in L.A. All right. So um, when you guys sit down and lady, I can't say guys. I'm supposed to say y'all. When y'all sat down, sit down to decide for a podcast that you are going to talk about craptaculous movies, where did the name Cinema Craptaculous come from? Start there. It came from me. It came oh. from Stephanie. I mean, I can't explain it other than to say that something terrible happened the day I was born. Um, <laughs> I was unleashed upon the world. Um, yeah, like, I mean, it was just to, it, I like I like to play with words and it was a funny sounding word to me. It, it, it conveys a sense of grandeur and, you know, like like a um, ep, like an epicness and presentation and theatricality. And I thought, Hey, let's call our podcast that. Let's say it's crappy, but it's also magnificent. <laughs> Steve, you know what would make this livelier if we if this was all a musical number, like you know uh, the explanation of how Seymour gets Audrey too in Little Shop of Horrors. Well, I was walking down the street, shoop, and I saw this crappy poster for a crappy movie. Steph, there you go, there you go. It just wrote itself. What defines a movie that is worthy of being on your podcast, Cinema Craptaculous? How do you decide? First of all, 
a, a movie that lives up beyond the means of its budget or acting or writing or anything else that's just somehow um, still pops and gives me the giggles, that's what I would consider craptaculous. Now, how we come to this is a little bit of uh, randomness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, if we see a trailer, and, like, John sent the trailer for, oh, I forget what it was. Well, Thunder Force was the most one of the more Mm -hmm. recent ones. And that's not traditionally a B-movie, but it did look kind of craptaculous. Um, we try to, or I always try to find something that's streaming, that's readily available. Um, something that maybe has a big star in a, in a bad role, like, uh, say Nicolas Cage. Um, (laughs) like usually. Oh, let's uh, just say. (laughs) Let's just say, I don't know. Nicholas Cage. Um, something that's in the sci-fi genre, something that's in the horror genre, something that's in the sci-fi horror genre, uh, superhero movies. I, I think anything DC can be considered craptaculous. Yeah, it's the spectacle of it, right? Like the idea of something that has to kind of, it has to reach this level of spectacle um, to, I think, qualify as something that we would recap. Um, it, it, it's not every movie. There are some movies we've watched that didn't quite fulfill that um, on the same level as others. But I think for the most part, it, ha- it kind of has to be a showy failure. Well, there's also been an evolution, too, because, you know, and, uh, you yes. know, our, our seasons reflect that where we might find um, something to celebrate, like a 20th anniversary of films that weren't crappy, but they bear sort of scrutinizing through the craptaculous lens. And I think that's an important piece of, of our concept. It's not just the craptaculous film. It's how we, the craptaculars view it. So we might view something that just came out in the theaters. Like I think we did, um, suicide, suicide squad fairly soon after it came out. Um, or no, maybe it was a year out, but, um, you know, it might not be crappy or craptaculous in the moment, Maybe we wait for it to be viewed as such, or maybe we just take our craptaculous lens and and really scrutinize it. Yeah. John, playing off of that, where does a guilty pleasure fall into the world of a crappy movie? Well, I think that uh, everybody's guilty pleasure just depends on, you know, where they where they are in the moment and where they were, say, 25, 30 years ago. I'm going to pull out a guilty pleasure and I'm going to say Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Sorry, we're closed. Well, then what are all these people doing here? Drinking and having a good time. Well, that's why we're here. You're too stupid to have a good time. If you're all in a circle at a party or something and everybody says, what are your favorite films from 30 years ago? Or what if you say, what are your favorite films now? If an older film comes up, it's probably a guilty pleasure. And and if you're sheepish to share, that's a guilty pleasure. Dave, what is your guilty pleasure movie? I like Amazon Women on the Moon. Universal, the studio that brought you such classic motion pictures as All Quiet on the Western Front, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, and Out of Africa, is proud to present Amazon Women on the Moon. That's more of a comedy, and it's making fun of B-movies, and it's so awesome. You like the skeleton of Kadaka. 
Oh, Lost Skeleton of Cadavra is just a genius movie, which I think everyone should see. Wait, wait, wait. What is it called? <laughs> the Lost Skeleton of Cadavra. You don't believe those old legends about the Lost Skeleton of Cadavra, do you? <laughs> Ranger Brad, I'm a scientist. I don't believe in anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was made in the two th- in like early 2000s. And it evokes a 1950s B movies, and it's very, very dry, it's funny on and very, purpose. very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, what is your guilty pleasure movie? Oh man, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth, Part Eight. Jason Takes Manhattan. Now. New York has a new problem. I mean, there's so many levels to it. It is a spectacular failure and that the filmmaker, the director tried so hard to do this thing right. And he just kept getting cut off at the knees by the studio. Um, But for money, for any kind of ask they had. So it ended up being Jason on a boat for the most part. Not even in Manhattan. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he, he gets there. He gets there at the end. He gets there. Yeah. But it's for a very limited amount of time. And also they had to forego a lot of the ideas that he pitched to get the job. Like he was talking about Madison Square Garden. He was talking about the Statue of Liberty. And they were like, great, 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 great. You're hired. And by the way, we're cutting your budget by, oh, 78%. <laughs> Have fun. Now, if I remember right, they get like on a ferry boat somewhere in like Louisiana. No, it's 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 a, it's it's um Crystal Lake. They take off from Crystal Lake. I didn't know there was a tributary from Crystal Lake to no. I'm New saying York City. <laughs> that's what I'm it's saying. Is like ride. it's yeah. It, what kind of what what route did they? Did take? they like carry the <laughs> canoe for miles on land before they found water again? Well, if you take the 287 to the 405. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, they were supposed to be cruising. Like it was like the the senior class was cruising for their graduation trip. And they were cruising in New York City from Crystal Lake. And it was like, or wherever the, I think that it is Crystal Lake or some place. Crystal Lake High School was probably the name of it. And they didn't explain where they were. (laughs) Maybe they were like in Connecticut or something. (laughs) Who knows? But anyway, I love that movie. It's it's one of those movies where if I'm feeling kind of sick and I need to stay in bed, I'll just turn it on and then get all like comfy. I've seen that movie, I, I swear, probably like 28 times like in the last like four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my guilty pleasure, I think you guys know because I was I was part of your gang for a while. But my two guilty pleasures are The House Bunny, which I still think is so underrated. Today's lesson is makeup. First, we must highlight your eyes. The eyes are the nipples of the face. And then my big guilty pleasure, of course, is bring it on. These are not spirit fingers. These are spirit fingers. And these are gold. Well, I, I was told you the sequel, I wanted it to be called Bring It More On. Bring it more on. Bring <laughs> it more on. <laughs> As I've asked other podcasters who've come on the show before, what is the goal, Stephanie? 
<laughs> what is the goal here? What am I getting at? What am I playing at here? <laughs> Who's the audience? Why are you bothering? No, it's just like who me. What I'm doing for? is who is this? <laughs> I'm the same way. No, but honestly, what is the goal here? Is it is it because you guys have been doing this for a, a long time? I kind of likened it to being in a band. It's fun. It's fun to see my friends. I love hanging out with my bro bros, and you know, like we we talk about some fun stuff. And I'm not saying that every single thing I do for this for this uh, podcast has been genius, <laughs> but. I like to have fun and I, I, this is a fun thing for me and I'll do it for as long as you guys will allow me to. Aww. Dave, if you have to recommend someone to check out Cinema Craptaculous, where, which episode do they go to? I think I know. The one that always comes to mind is uh, uh, Ra- uh, Adventures of Thor Ragnarok <laughs> or something like that. It was not I- even... That, it has those it words was, in the it, title. It is Adventures of Thunderstorm. <laughs> That's it. Adventures of Thunderstorm. But isn't Ragnarok part of the title? No, it's not at all. The gods of old are helpless to protect us. Their last hope will rest in one man and the god of thunder. Thunderstorm. The return of Thor. It is ridiculous. Ridiculously stupid. I mean, like, it, 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 but they're trying, in a way, they're trying so hard. They know they're ridiculous because they make some ridiculous jokes and reference it. And then there's moments where you feel as though they don't know how ridiculous they are. And it is just one of the, I, it's spectacular to me. And I think it may be like episode one or two. Or it three. was way, yeah, way it's at the beginning. way back there. It's just your quintessential, like, find, you know, because we have, we have a lot of different types of movies, especially at the beginning that we would talk about. And, like, some of these were just hidden gems that you just didn't know what you were getting. And this is definitely one of those where it is so under, under the radar. I don't even think that you can find it anywhere anymore. We lucked out. Is this is this Marvel's Thor or like Thor? Oh no! Like, oh, no. Is, it, is, is it like Thor with two this R's? Like, it's like public domain for the last seven hundred years. Thor, like Norse mythology. So Thor. This is like Thur, like T H U R. Don't sue us. Well, no, he is Norse mythology, so anybody could can do Thor. That's one of the reasons Marvel chose it. It's kind of like they did Hercules because, you know, they could pull characters and they don't have to, you know, copyright it and, and pay a copyright. <laughs> John, you've had quite a few somewhat celebritized guests come on your show. Can you give us a rundown of some of your fabulous, famous names and who, your, who maybe your favorite guest is that you've had? Uh, I, I thought... Melissa Peterman was a wonderful guest and she, we picked the perfect vehicle for her to join in on. And that was a retrospective of the phenomenon known as showgirls. I've had dog food. You have? Mm-hmm. Long time ago. Doggy chow. I used to love doggy chow. <laughs> I used to love doggy chow too. Krista Flanagan, who from the Mad TV world, who was a riot, and we made her watch Love Actually, and it was the first time she had seen it ever, and she saw it the night before. Hello, does Natalie live here? No. Right, fine. Thank you. Sorry to disturb. Yeah, I'll... 
Prime Minister? Uh, yes. In fact, I am. Merry Christmas. Oh. Part of the service now. I'm trying to get round everyone by New Year's Eve. Some of our earlier guests, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but I don't know if they had actually done podcasts. Very different animal. And there was a freedom that some of the guests that I remember had because we were in this very casual setting. We were eating pizza. And it really, because um, I always, what I love about our show, it's sort of a roundtable discussion like you're at a party. And and that's the way inviting these, in, you know, a lot of roundtable shows. <laughs> Dave could be Charlie Rose because that's appropriate. Um, but no. having, having that, that sort of party atmosphere of a casual conversation, I think has been the appeal. And obviously, you know, pandemic and doing it remotely has, has changed that dynamic. John, you were talking earlier, you started talking about uh, spinoffs. Well, I think it started uh, around um, right before the lockdown where we uh, all kind of, you know, Dave and Stephanie are kind of like this little brain trust that would occasionally sort of talk about the status of the show. and Shadoop. <laughs> do do uh. And honestly, I, Dave might be able to actually answer sort of how they all came together, but it's almost like we had three spinoffs kind of come into the conversation at the same time. I'll just speak for myself. I wanted to do, uh, you know, talk more geek and pop culture. And I, I found myself warming that into the main show here and there. We did a, a James Bond retrospective. And I think we, you know, may have done more superhero stuff. And I just thought like, well, hey, what if, you know, there was a sort of a spinoff that was under the Cinema Craptaculous banner because um, I don't really want to do my own thing because maybe I want to have Dave or Stephanie be on it and it, and it it just would be easier. And Dave seemed to be pretty uh, acquiescent to that and was cooking up his own stuff. Am I, am I sort of off the base there, Dave, or is that about right? No, that's a completely right. I, I think, uh, and I think what it happened is naturally it, it came away to, it became a way of having consistent content um, throughout the year because we were really like a once a month kind of thing. We, you know, in the previous years, if we got 10 out in one year, that was a pretty good haul for us. Um, and then being able to, like, do different things under the Cinema Craptaculous banner um, allowed us to really create week-to-week content. I think that's something good. I think, too, is that people don't realize when they hear any podcast, no one knows who's ha- making it happen behind the scenes. And as you three know, and as I know from working with you and doing this on my own now, it's us. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't, yeah. we don't like it gets happens when, you know, can we figure out, can we figure out all the time to get together? Can we, can we agree on a movie? Can we all get the movie watch? Can we all get the movie? I remember one time we were all together and there was one movie and I had to go to some red box and it was like some random red box, like two towns away. I was like, where the hell am I going to get this damn movie? Um, But, but even down to the editing and like, you know, all the stuff that goes into it, it's a lot of work. And I don't think people, you know, realize that. So to, to your credit, there's passion going on here. Yeah, I guess so. For sure. Is this yeah. what we call passion? <laughs> and then we break into a song about what podcasting means to me. And then Andy McDowell steps up and goes, is it raining? I hadn't even noticed. Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. Well, I think that there's also a really good uh, branding that I think Dave and Stephanie uh, have have started. And 
having, you know, Dave just mentioned the craptaculous brand and it is kind of like a network. And then there's these shows under it. Yeah. And for people who are in the podcast world, they know how challenging it is to sort of start an RSS feed and keep it going and to nourish it with social media and to have done four separate shows, you know, would have probably been very taxing on, on all of us individually, but to keep it under the banner and credit where credit's due, Dave does most yes. of the heavy lifting and doesn't get the credit. So oh, I'm, I'm not going to give it to him now because I think he is, his, his <laughs> ego is going to be whopping after this episode, but no, really those, uh, that brand is kind of what everything nests under. And it, it, it allows, I think, for Dave maybe to go back to some of the origins of Cinema Craptaculous, where it really was these kind of B films. And Stephanie yeah. can go into the more horror angle, which were all elements of our show at one point. But, you know, sometimes we found ourselves finding a show on Netflix. And Netflix is a great starting point because anybody that listens has probably has Netflix. They may not have Amazon Prime or they may not go to the cinemas or, you know, even be able to find these old shows. Or know what Redbox is. Right. So I think the branding of each uh, show under the Cinema Craptaculous banner allows these niche listeners. I think it might be challenging for an audience member who is, you know, maybe not familiar with the format of each week there's a different show with a different set of hosts. So God forbid Stephanie's family's trying to, you know, listen to Stephanie and she gets just me i feel bad for that or worse me <laughs> it's sort of like the main show is like the voltron like where you put all the yes. little lions together like you have the the expanded universe lion and the terror tunnel lion and the b-sides lion and with their powers combined they form cinema craptaculous and Steve, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring, uh, didn't discuss the anchor of our show for at least how many years? And that was uh, the franchise on Sci-Fi Channel known as Sharknado. Oh, oh yes. yes. That is the highest profile as a contrast to the quality or the lack of quality in Adventures of Thunderstorm. <laughs> I mean, it was a staple for us every year. Every year we knew it was kind of like, not. it wasn't our Oscars or Super Bowl, at the, but it was something we all knew. So when, you know, it was over, it was kind of like, huh, no more Sharknados. We all were grateful to some extent. Yes. Well, we normally uh, end the show with two questions. I'm going to change it up slightly. Normally, I ask you who inspires you, but instead, I'm going to change it slightly here. I would like to know in all seriousness, starting with you, John, and I have a feeling I know the answer, but I'll start with you, John. What movie inspires you? You know, honestly, I my, the first film that kind of flashed in my head when you said that was Back to the Future. And I think because uh, that's a film that, that has survived the test of time. So to, when people say, you know, what it makes a classic, it's, it's, it's a film that came out when I was the age of the character, the protagonist's age. And I've shown it to my own kid who isn't that age yet, but, but got as much fun out of it. And it's one of those films that hits all the buckets. It's got sci-fi, comedy, romance, time travel, um, parental stuff so you can access it incest yeah so and i just and i know that you know that the, there was passion behind the filmmakers and uh, the, the people that made it happen who refused to let it be remade and you know there's a sort of dignity to the uh the franchise uh by the filmmakers like you know what and so yeah i i think 
And I, and I, when you say it inspires me, I don't know if it inspires me to not to be a filmmaker, but it just inspires me as a person. I love the message of that film and, and the optimism of it. Dave, what movie inspires you? I, uh, I like what John was saying at the end there about, uh, inspiring as a fan because i was watching a documentary on galaxy quest and <clears throat> there's a bunch of galaxy quest 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 why does that word sound quest. weird now quest. quest uh galaxy quest fans in the front row w- watching the movie at a special like uh comic-con screening and the look on their faces was just like Pure childhood delight. And these are like 50-year-olds who are giant fans of the movie. And and I love that about the movies, that you walk in, and I know it sounds cliche, but you're taken away to somewhere else. But it's almost like you leave your body, and all that's left behind is that physical expression of looking up in pure delight. Um, for me, I if you know me at all, it's Star Wars, 100% Star Wars. And and I have just come to the place in my life where I can kind of just appreciate the movies for being movies, for being attempts at movies. Like the sequel, uh, the prequel trilogy, I, I don't harbor any resentment to. It's like, I don't watch them a lot. But if I do, I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun watching Yoda be Yoda and and uh, Ewan McGregor be Obi-Wan. Uh, and like the sequel trilogy is not great i have some beef with that too but you know what it's just fun like i can take it or leave it but there's this world that's created that you could do any genre within they do episodes where they're like a horror movie or a buddy cop movie or an action movie this is like the mandalorian um in in the clone wars cartoons and rebels it's just a big fascinating world and it all comes from that one movie star wars stephanie what movie inspires you um mega python versus gatoroid <laughs> good night everybody that, that is only because you're a tiffany fan over a debbie gibson fan don't lie because you think we're alone now <laughs> Only in her dreams. Only in my dreams. Only in your dreams. No, seriously, what movie <laughs> inspires you? I don't know. I can't answer that question, really. I could tell you, like, because I, I love movies. I just love movies. And there's some movies I love more than others. And I get a thrill for different reasons. Um, I think that the last time I had a collective, like, audience experience that was at that level that both John and Dave were describing about, like, just wonder and awe and pure enjoyment, it was Black Panther and Avengers Endgame. Those last two movies I saw that were completely like took me back to being a kid and being back to being connected to a room full of strangers. Um, same thing could be said for Get Out. Same thing could be said for Wonder Woman. Like there are just things that happen sometimes um, where, you know, the story speaking on a level that really kind of makes its imprint on you in a way that so few stories and characters can. And I, you know, that's why it's hard for me to say any, what movie inspires me. I think that that's, that's the thing that inspires me. Something that connects on this weird metaphysical level, whether it's because you're 
feeling the characters who are in love or you're feeling the terror that they're in or you're feeling the sense of triumph and togetherness and family and purity. And it's something that happens very rarely, I think, for me. But when it does, better believe it's a great feeling. And I'm going straight to TCBY yogurt afterwards <laughs> to celebrate. They're still open, aren't they? <laughs> you were doing so well, Stephanie. You were doing, we really had us in the palm of your hands, and we actually believe you gave a shit about something, and then you blew it. <laughs> I care about vanilla yogurt, okay? I think she meant Mega Python versus Gatoroid. And then once she realized that no one's going to buy that, she quickly pivoted and and sure. just trotted out these random films. <laughs> she, she's on her phone right now, like Googling what movie inspires people. Oh, I'll just read what this movie inspires people. E.T. Monologues <laughs> about good movies. Isn't there a movie called Steven Spielberg? I don't know. <laughs> Disney Spielberg. That's the movie that inspires me. We end these shows with a final question. It can be anything we've already discussed. It can be about movies. It could be about anything. John, you get to go first. John, tell me something good. I would like to keep on the theme of movies for something good and say that movies are coming back. I think, you know, I, I see some of these film studios holding to their release dates, you know, like uh, like captains on the ship during a storm. And that, that makes me feel good because like Stephanie said, you know, you're staring at that screen and, you know, I've been watching a lot of films on my couch and, you know, even on a device and, and, you know, I don't want to parrot some of these old filmmakers who think that's the only way to watch it, but I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to when I can sit in a theater with friends. Maybe we're watching black widow. Maybe we're watching something else, but um, I think it's good that that opportunity and it's tougher because some of the cinema chains have struggled. Some are closed, but um, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's good that, that we'll get that communal experience back in our lives. Dave, tell me something good. I think movies are good. And uh, I think the communal experience of watching movies and the communal experience of, of making movies, as well as just the kind of like the uh, uh, zeitgeist, is that the right word, of a movie being out there. I mean, I remember when uh, things like uh, the song from Seal – or by seal from Batman and Robin just ruled the summer. I remember when Jack Nicholson's Joker just ruled the summer and that feeling of everyone's experiencing it at once. Um, and I think in a way, that's one of the things I've uh, been thinking about with the pandemic is, you know what, this is a universal thing. We're kind of all experiencing in, in, in different ways, but we all can say like, did you get a shot? Yeah or no? Or have you been hanging out in your house for a year? Yeah. It's it's the communal experience of movies that I think are really good. Stephanie, tell me something good. Um, I'm going to share this tweet that um, I got from, I read, uh, that was tweeted by Michael Green, who is a prolific screenwriter and producer. And he said that we are in a golden age where studios will let talent create some of the most original films ever made, provided they call them by the name of a familiar property. <laughs> I think that says it all.
Thank you, Steph, John, and Dave for sharing your good. And thank you all for teaching me everything you did. Teach me mostly about Sharknados. To help me start this podcast of my own, you are good friends. Next time on World Gone Good. When you're looking at kids from all different backgrounds and all different colors, and then there's always these simple truths that these stories are. They want, there's justice, there's love, there's uh, magic, there's betrayal. Like there's all these themes that are very universal that we all can relate to. You may know Melissa Peterman from Reba or Baby Daddy or Young Sheldon or as one of the worst cooks in America, according to the Food Network. Not me, not me. But did you know that she is also on the board of a group called the Unusual Suspects? What is the Unusual Suspects, you ask? Well, they are a group whose mission is to mentor, educate, and enrich youth in under-resourced communities through the creation of collaborative and original theater. Melissa joins us to talk about the good of keeping theater and the arts alive in our kids' hearts and how you can help her and help kids do just that. We'll also talk about her own theater beginnings, how they shaped her future both professionally and personally, and how she's going to help me with my very unhealthy addiction to Valerie Bertinelli. I hope you'll join us. Until then, be good.